I am unashamed. What about you? So one of our uh, listeners sent this picture. Wow. I'll hold it up for y'all to see. You see that down? Big Al and Kenneth Greenfield. Kenneth Greenfield. And, uh, I look like a, 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 a Jason. Well, that's So the, the title of the email was, look at how much Phil looks like Jace, or I guess Jace looks yeah. like Phil. Yeah. Because it looks a lot like him. Was this now? When, was this before or post? This was before pre pre conversion. That was pre conversion, but pre-conversion. but not long before. I mean, that was probably pretty close right there. Because I, I would guess you were by then. Then you're pretty close. Twenty seven or so. Three years. See it. So I also sent a picture. Yeah, yeah. So you can take a look at that. So I thought it was interesting because that's what it said, and it does look a lot like Jace. And there's a couple other pictures Mom has that where Jace looks like Dad a lot, but. And we and I think everybody has a different points of their life. But what I thought was interesting was that uh, Zach's, you know, they just a rap production on the movie The Blind, where this a lot of this era of Dad's life is in the movie. Yeah. And a and Big Al is a is a is in the movie. Like not, you know, he's dead, but and like, he's got that same mustache. Now he's he's a. Uh, see what he looked like. Yeah, our Big Al was a little thinner, but uh, but he's got that same mustache. Is that a Ford truck in the back, Phil? Yeah, Ford Bronco, yep. probably. Ford Bronco. Ford, we got, uh, we, I think we had a 72 Ford, not Bronco, but F, F-150. Um, oh, yeah, it's the truck. Well, it's funny as we get to talking about, like, the more stories that I'm hearing, like, in, you know, and I know we had all the interviews before we did the movie, but, man, every time Phil tells the stories, I'm now my reference point yeah. in the images in my mind that are popping up are what we filmed, and I think we've, I mean, we we had a little bit of creative liberty, but I mean, this thing is pretty, it's pretty, pretty accurate. Pretty much as it went it's down. Pretty, I mean, almost, some of it's like word for word. You're going to be, I mean, like, as Phil was telling the stories this morning and during the interview, I was just sitting there thinking like that. We've got literally that word for word. So the Big Al who was converted later, which is not in the film because that was. No, nah, it'll be like in the, you know, we'll, we'll share that obviously because yeah. when you're going to see, you're going to develop an attachment with this character. Um, and so we want people to know, you know, what happened in the end because he's very likable in the film. So very we're likable. F- we're filming uh, a lot of, uh, I guess, what would you call them, behind the scenes stuff and interviews and stuff. In fact, tonight we're going to get together and just as a family and you know pray over the whole project and worship, yeah. you know, about it. Which yeah. Is- so we're filming. Um, everybody's going to meet tonight over at Willie and Corey's, um, and we're going to have dinner. Uh, which is going to be good, although I'm trying to eat right. So I'm gonna, I showed up at the well, wrong. I saw, a, I saw a big pile of meat. So so Willie commissioned Jay, who's now kind of I guess the family you know meat man, and he to go over and go through his freezers and get whatever he wanted to cook for tonight. And so I saw wagyu brisket. I saw you know wagyu tenderloins and, i mean it it was it's gonna be a meat fest tonight gonna, is what it's gonna, gonna be. be a feed so the uh some of the kids are gonna lead worship mia and layla and max um which by the way they're layla, so talented yeah layla we'll talk about this later she just got signed on with sadie sadie's gonna be uh releasing a worship initiative through her ministry called live original 
and uh, Layla's going to be one of the lead vocalists on their worship album. Really? I didn't know that. So she's in town recording. So the, Sadie's on fire. So I'm like, you know what? And and I told Layla, I said, if if you can have a time to spend with just her speaking into you and that's mentoring right. you, like that that alone's worth it. She's a godly godly woman. Well, women, you know, it, women prophesying. Sadie, we we're raised quite in the crew here. Well, you know, uh, it's really interesting because people ask me this all the time. You know. It's a great question. They say, what What was your, what was, the, I mean, was the family like nervous about like going national with your family and having cameras and all this? And I was like, well, yeah. And mainly because at, other than my kids who were already grown, but all my brother's kids, they were teenagers and, and under. And so, of course, we were nervous about it. I mean, we're watching other families. I mean, albeit probably not godly families. I don't know. I don't judge them. But, you know, fly apart because of being famous, because they make money, they get fame, whatever, or get to drugs or just lives ruined, you know, because of this. So that was our fear and our prayer was that God would keep our, especially our young family, young kids intact, you know, through the process of becoming well-known. And I have to say, the prayers worked because when I, like you said, when I look at the next generation of Robertsons and, and Dashers and all of our family, I mean, you talk about talented, love the Lord, gifted to do different things and using their gifts, you know, to Im- impact other people. So, I mean, praise God, it, it wasn't us, it was him that did it, but but we have been extremely blessed. I feel like dad with your, now it's your grandchildren and great-grandchildren and to watch the the adults they're turning it's amazing. into it's incredible and i've told the story before i told it yesterday in my sermon again that you know one of the greatest moments for me personally was to have my dad baptize my granddaughter you know in in our pool and i just because i just we were all there and we were singing and standing around the hot tub and, and i just thought man this is what it's all about this is four generations Full now circle moment of faith yeah and then she won uh, an award at her school yeah. for being uh yeah, most christlike most christlike yeah. which is cool which is incredible and you know and she's had some struggles a little bit you know in her in her high school years and teen years but she's just i mean her heart is she loves the lord and it's evident and she's a sweet girl and and now she's dating uh Little Joey, you know, Jersey, Jersey Joe. Joe's son, and uh, which has been great because it's a family that moved here from New Jersey. They just, you know, they watched the podcast and listened. They watched, uh, then they went back and watched Duck Dynasty. They never watched it. And they thought, you know what? I don't, I don't like living in New Jersey. This blue state, they're making us, you know, all this tyranny. Get out of here. They said, let's go to Louisiana. So they, they just, so they came in through the podcast first, right. and then they found out about that. That's Dynasty. right. They had never, and so watched it. And by the way, that's a phenomenon, Zach. I, I'm talking to more and more people in my travels. You they know didn't they're know, smart. They knew the podcast was first. Then they went back and watched the series. You know they're smart because Jersey Joe's boy spotted one of these little redneck girls happened to be <laughs> in our family structure. And he said, man, that, that, that kind of women there are hard to find. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what he had never dated that much is what Joe told me. But it was really yeah. interesting because he had a, which we were laughing about this. I was talking to Joe yesterday. And he said, you know, because he wanted to be, his original thing was he wanted to be a Navy SEAL. You know, he's a very driven young man, and uh, he's into, you know, physical fitness and all that. But he said he was going to be a Navy SEAL, and I said, whew, boy, that's, I mean, God bless you, because if you, you make that, these are the toughest people on the planet as a Navy SEAL. Those guys are a different breed. They are. You, but but look, now, after a few months of dating Carly, 
you know, there's a lot of talk about, well, you know, deputy sheriff. <laughs> so all of a sudden it's like, he's kind of, I said, well, women will do that. They'll change your, they'll change your perspective and yes, your, your dreams. Um, but anyway, I, I just thought that was interesting. Um, that picture thinking about, you know, in this movie about going back. Cause I, I tell a story. Dad said one time when uh, we were speaking somewhere, someone said, well, Phil, could you, cause we were speaking at multiple services and they were wanting him to go a little more personal about his backstory, and uh, which Dad doesn't do a lot. And uh, so Dad looked over at me, and he said, "Al tells my story way better than I do." <laughs> and it, it really is true. I used to, yeah. when Dad and I used to speak out a lot. I would intro and sort of tell the story, and then Dad would come in and just tell the story of Jesus. And so it was a good one-two punch. I felt like Dad all those years that yeah. we were speaking to all those audiences, and I still do it because now I tell the story about the family. And so, but, but I'm most excited about this movie, Zach, for one thing is when you, when you first approached us with the idea is that I told dad this, I said, dad, do you realize how many people in the history of humanity, we're talking all the way back, as long as there's been people have ever had a movie made about part of their life? I mean, it's a, it's a select small group of people in the human history history of human beings that have ever had a, either an interesting, a nefarious, whatever life that somebody would want to make a movie about it that other people might watch. Mm-hmm. And so I said, that that's, that's something right there. And then the other thing is long after we're gone, this movie will still be around. There'll be different ways they can download it and watch it, but people will be aware of what God did in your life for you know, however long till the Lord comes. They back. may label that as misinformation. <laughs> they might. Well, they I, might. you're right. They may try to block it out. Yeah, I think that's why. That's why I think that I'm I'm so excited about the film is that it's going to be when we did all the interviews and I keep hearing like the same words pop up about the film. It's it's gritty, raw. My favorite one is honest. Mm. It's honest, and um, and I think when you when people see this. I, because I, I, Phil doesn't talk. I mean, he, he, I mean, he preaches the gospel everywhere he goes. But he didn't get into the, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of the story. But you know, what's the the verse in Revelation that they they were saved by the by the the, the blood of the Lamb and Revelation twelve eleven yeah, and the yeah. power and the power of their testimony. Yep. And I, I think about that. I think about what this film is. The blind. It is a. It is. It is Phil and Kay's testimony. Yep. It's because it's not just about Phil either. It's about it's about Kay as well. Right. I mean, I mean, if anything, it's as much her story as his. And you see, when when people come to watch this film, I, and I would tell you this: if you if if you have a spouse, particularly if you're one of our female listeners, or maybe a son, or if you have a, you have a young male in your life that you think he's never going to step foot inside of a church building, and he's not in a good spot. That that's that's the guy you trick them. That's what you do. You set them up and you trick them. And you go when this film comes out in ten months or whenever we uh, it comes out, you take them to this movie because what you're going to find is you're going to you, you there. Anyone who watches this that says I've gone too far. There's no hope for me. They're gonna they're gonna leave this film inspired. Yep. And the way that we filmed it, I think, was brilliant. And it wasn't really my idea. Um, it was the director. And at first, I was kind of against it. It's a lot of flashbacks. Yeah. Um, but the film's so heavy that it actually works so well because there's a lot of humor, like with with the teenage years, and it's yeah. it, and you see and you see a different version of Phil than the dark side of Phil when he was in his worst. 
And I like that because it, it continues to tie us back to the humanity that, 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 you know, Phil wasn't, he was a bad guy for, for a period, but I mean, when he's a young guy, he, I mean, you weren't doing all that. It's the that. same style of film that Gibson used in the passion. You remember yeah. because it was the passion itself of Jesus was so heavy and burdensome, even though, you know, the story so well, cause we've studied it our whole lives, but to watch it the way he filmed it, that he would do those flashbacks to when he was younger and when he was with his mom and just to give you a minute to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, that, I, I've always thought he was brilliant for filming that movie that way because when you were watching it you needed that you got to have that it's not as intense as the passion of right Christ, right right which is intense but but it is it is raw it's real but it's also full of hope i showed a trailer to um a group in san diego a few days ago and um of course i'm i'm telling the story i'm doing the presentation and there's a voiceover in the trailer of the character that plays my mom and um and she's ministering to Kay in, in the film and um and I don't know why because I've seen the trailer like six times. Well, I st- I'm about to go up there and talk and then I start I start crying. I'm like, uh oh, this could be good or bad, <laughs> you know. But I start crying just thinking about um not just that I miss her, but just just how I was thinking about like like her her purity and her love for God and not just that the like really she had a prophetic word about you. And um, as t- you said it today, she said, if, she told old Bill Smith, if you, if you convert my brother, if you bring him to Jesus, then he will bring thousands to Jesus. And that's exactly what's happened. And that's what happened. So I get up there and I, and I basically tell that story. And then, and I look out, of course, before I even said it, I look up and then I'm, I'm not the only one crying. I mean, everybody's crying <laughs> in the whole room. We're all crying. Um, there's oh, many people are crying. And then, when we were filming this one particular scene in the movie, um, I won't, I'll not tell you what it was because I don't want to. I want it's it's such a powerful scene. But um, there's a, a character, there's a, a person on a movie set that we called Scripty, and her role in the it was she sits there and she watches every single take and she has a, a, an iPad where she notes of every any discrepancy up. There's a her hairs over here or the last cut it was over here. Her job is to just to look at the details. That's all she does. I'm just here to look at details, make notes. She's zoned in. She's in a chair, you know, 16 hours a day looking at a screen. Oh. I mean, it's it's the worst job. I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that just makes me cringe thinking about it. Let's take a break. So, Zach, I don't know if uh, – have you uh, tried Tommy John underwear? I've got them on right now. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I'm so glad you're part of the group. Uh, we love our Tommy John underwear. Oh, by the way, I meant to tell you this. The uh, Speaking of Tommy John's, the story that Jace told on the podcast a while back of Missy having a, a mishap, a double-barrel mishap at the airport. Yep, yep, yep. So one of the casualties was was her Tommy John's. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. So she said, make sure <laughs> that you get me some more Tommy John's. All so. I know is I got wow out of my wife <laughs> as I walked by. I'm like, mm. And it probably been a while since you got a wow out of mine. 40, 50 years. <laughs> so if you want to get a wow. That's I, not in the sales pitch, but I mean, hey. yeah. If you want a wow out of my woman. You want to get a wow. 17 million pairs have been sold, so obviously people love Tommy John underwear. Um, you can, and it's risk free because they've got a Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear. It's free, so uh, but you're going to love them. So here's what you do: you go to TommyJohn.com/slash/feel, and you're going to get up to thirty dollars off the site. So it's really great. Plus, you're going to get free shipping. 
So that's TommyJohn.com slash Phil. $30 off the whole web, the site-wide, plus free shipping. TommyJohn.com slash Phil. See site for details. Yeah, so uh, so Scrippy, she's she's that she's sitting. They call her Scrippy. Her name's Kristen. So she's she's doing her job. I'm sitting in the chair behind her, and I'm watching this one scene unfold. Well, I mean, I, there were several times in this in the filming that I cried. Just just like so, I'm there's just one. Going to be a basket case watching this. Movie. Oh, it's going to be. I can already tell. Yeah, the, the family. I mean, I was there by the way. <laughs> I mean, I was really there when it all happened. Well, so I told the director. He said, "Man, I appreciate you guys. You know." letting us tell your story. And I said, well, it was a lot harder to live in than it is to film a movie about it. Well, the one that made me, this particular scene, you're, it's actually, you're in it. So I, I, I'll tell, I won't tell you anything else Ooh. about it, uh, but it's your character as a young child. And, uh, and man, I start crying and, and I'm tearing up and I'm kind of embarrassed a little bit. So I wipe my tears up and I look down. I'm thinking, oh, I hope nobody sees me. Well, I look at Scrippy. Oh, Scrippy's just like, I mean, he's just sobbing. Wow. I look up. So even in her moment of, monotonous monotonous whatever it touched her it touched her and and then i look around the room and 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 a lot of them were crying and it was a moment of of hope which is which is that's the thing that's what you want i think what people are going to see and the one word that you're going to lead this movie with is hope that's it yeah that's good that's inspiring yeah i mean that's it's gonna be good. That's what's inspirational. <clears throat> well, it was um, so. I was. It's funny, Zach. You said that because yesterday, um, I was. I knew I was going to talk a little bit about the film in my sermon, and so as I was sitting there, and I just always when we're worshiping together, I kind of fade in and out of participating, and then just kind of letting it shower over me. Because you know, when you preach the word of God, I mean, you're you're His spokesman. I mean, I've always taken that very seriously because, you know, I mean, I'm speaking on behalf of the almighty God. Mm-hmm. And so I want the Holy Spirit to be fully engaged in, in, in it not be me. But as I was sitting there yesterday, Dad, I was there, you know, at our church, White's Ferry Road, and I knew I was going to be talking about that film. And I mean, I was just overcome with emotion, even before I got up, just thinking about that that was this church is the one that embraced us, you know? And so when I talked about it, I told the church, I was like, and you're in it. I said, you're in this film because you were there, you know, this church was there. And so there's a, there's a, I know there's a a church service scene. And I was like, you guys were there the whole time. And then I I mentioned some names of people because I told the story dad about, uh, which we've told in the podcast before about, because I talked about the resurrection about you basically hiding out down here away from your influences for a few months. Cause you're, you're trying to like, it's about a year. Yeah. Trying to be strengthened. And the first time somebody shows up and is like, Hey, let's, let's, let's take a ride down the road, you know, a year later. And dad's like, uh, you're, you're looking, you're looking for the wrong field. He died. The, the one you're looking at here is new, which is a shocking, which is a shocking line. They probably were like, Oh, I, I didn't know what happened, but I, in my story, I pulled a Jace. I was like, and down the road they went because <laughs> that yeah. guy is a crackpot now. It scared them. Well, that would scare anybody, but it, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of a weird thing to say. It's true. It's true. It's brilliant how you put it, but it's, and, 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 and I, yeah, I like to say. So that. my point was because I was, I was, using the phrase crack pot, which was the jars of clay. And so I kind of took that word and ran this narrative. And so that's why I was saying about dad. I said, a lot of people from his former life thought he was a kook. Now he's just some religious nut. I don't know what's happened to Phil, but then through the years, you were able to go back, including with big Al and a lot of others 
and share Jesus with them. And so all of a sudden that, that crack pot was really just a cracked pot because you were a jar of clay that God was shining his light through you. So After about 15 years, they, they all my old ex-running buddies all came together saying, basically, he gone. That's right. He's, he's, he's out. He's out. Unreachable. Right. Which is what you needed. Which well, by the One way, of them stepped out, yep. received the gospel. He, once he saw what it was all about, yep. death came near. Your the yep. doctors, when it came down to death, the same ones who had deserted me, and I had deserted them. One of them said, "What? What did that?" Yeah. He finally said, "What's the story?" Yeah. Well, I told him the story. Driving, he was driving down on that old bronco of his, and I told him the story. He said, "I said, you're an atheist. What do you think?" I said, "You could go at any minute," and he said. That's what I have just now come into grips with. He said, I, I could die at any time. Aneurysm near my heart. So I baptized him. Two months later, he dropped dead. Yep, and you spoke at his funeral. And I was standing there when he's in the casket, and I'm speaking to the town, brought my reputation with me, as, as rough as it was. <laughs> and all of them are sitting there. I wish we'd had that on film. Mm. They asked me to speak, and I said, well, I'm, I don't know about that. I don't even have a suit. And most people at funerals have a suit. I said, but I don't own one. They said, don't worry about it. Just do it. You were still a little fearful about preachers and all that, even back in those days, because you were barely yeah, new. Yeah. And I spoke to the whole town about when Al died, in their mind, but my words to them was, I said, see that casket right there, old Big Al's in there? I said, I'll see him again. Yep. That's how I ended it. They all cried. That's, uh, he was a uh, he was a very famous person in that area because he was a very successful baseball coach. He won yep. a bunch of state championships. So yep. the whole town would have been, been an atheist his entire life. Yeah, because he was a biology guy. So Until two months before his death, he said, okay. So he cut it. That's cutting it thin. You know what he was? Remember that parable of Jesus and the workers? He was the guy that came in the last hour. That's it. But he still got the same thing we all get. I shall well, see him again. But you know, Zach, you mentioned that a minute ago, but that's it's really interesting since Dad brought that up, that one thing you don't find in atheism is hope. There is no hope. Not there. There's no hope for that. I nope. mean, you just got the end of the line and, and the hole in the ground. There's no hope. And, and it's funny because I was um, – well, going to the airport yesterday, and I heard this guy say he was on the phone, and he was—I mean, he was so mad. And I, 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 you know, when you're, when you're in the airport, you always hear like men having and women having business conversations on their Bluetooths, and and at first you think they're talking to you, then you turn around yeah. and realize, no, oh, wait, they got an earpiece in. And because I heard the guy just say, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's it makes no sense. And and he's sitting there ranting about whatever was going on, like he didn't understand it, and it it made no sense. And and. And I was thinking, you know, it's interesting that as humans, the to the two things that we look for in life are, are we want things to make sense. We, we, I mean, no matter what setting you're in, you know, if someone disagrees with you or does some, a bonehead move, what do you say? This doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Because we, we're, we're geared to find meaning and make meaning out of the world. Yep. And then the other thing is, is we want significance and value. You know, we want, we want to matter. He, he, even on the matter side, even if you matter for something bad, 
Yeah. It's still like, it's, I mean, you think, why do these people shoot up these schools? Why do, why do these mass killers, why would someone do they that? They want to be remembered, even in infamy. Even, even if it's something horrible, yeah. they're like, I, I, I just, I, I want something in me, I have to matter. And, and, and there has to, which is, which relates to meaning. Yeah. There has to be a meaning to all this. Right, right, right. And, um, and I'm sitting there thinking about that. I'm thinking, you know, one, one of the thing, another thing that atheism, it does not give you, it doesn't give you a context for meaning. Yeah. And um, it just doesn't. And it doesn't give you a context for the value of human life. Um, it doesn't give you, um, like, we, we go on pretending that life matters, but if we're, if you're an honest atheist, there is no, there is, I mean, Richard Dawkins is right when he says that that the sole purpose for our existence is to propagate one's DNA. Ironically, Richard Dawkins does not live his life with that assumption. Yeah. Because he, he cries foul when someone discriminates discriminates against people or whatever. He And, 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 and you know, so, so he is, I mean, he does have a moral compass. Mm-hmm. But if there's no God. Right. There is no, there is no morality. There's no meaning. There's no anything. I, so I think when you got like the, in this story, the Big Al, one thing I love about that story is that that you just told is that when you get when you get to the end of your life, a lot though you you think, man, that, like when you when you're faced with your own mortality, it does force you to start asking different questions. Yep. I think about this. I wanted to read this in Psalms ninety. I thought. By the way, he wasn't an old man. Twelve years after. 12, 15 years after I was converted. So he would have been 40s. Yeah. Early 40s. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he was a big man. He young, had a yeah. heart. He was young. Yeah. So he faced his own mortality, and then he's like, okay, there's there's got to be more, which I would agree there is more. But uh, I, I've been reading this psalm to myself every day for the last week, and let me, I want to read this second half of it, Psalms 90. Hang on. Before you do that, let's take another break. This is in Psalms 90, the second half, verse 12. Uh, it said, and, uh, well, the first part of this is just asking for the Lord to satisfy us before the sun comes up and, and before we, our hearts forget that God is good. Just satisfy us, Lord. Then he says this in verse 12. So teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days. I think he's saying you need, you need to remember that you're oh, good. What was that verse? Psalms 90, verse 12. Okay. You need to remember Your that days you, are numbered. They are numbered. Phil, if I got in Phil's truck, uh, last time I was here, the first thing out of your mouth, Phil, which people, most people think is morbid. I love it. He goes, no context, by the way. Phil just goes, well, that was the fastest 74 years I've or 76 years I've ever experienced. It's like, <laughs> look, give me more context. But, it's, but what you were doing, and you do this a lot, it's like, it's it's a it's a liturgy that you're you're just numbering your days, and here's why: that we may present to you to God a heart of wisdom. Yep. The way you're going to get the wit the the, the fear- is this Moses' psalm? Um, that's a good question. Uh, God's eternity and man. I don't know. That is a good. Go question. ahead, and make your point. It's Psalms ninety. We'll look that up. But uh, um, uh, that we the 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 fear of the Lord, is, and that's the message of the Psalms, is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah, uh, this is a prayer of Moses. It's a prayer of Moses. Yeah, I, I remember this now. Okay, uh, do return, O Lord, because it it pushes us into a longing for God. Right when you realize how quick this is moving by, so do return, O Lord. How long will it be? And be sorry for your servants. O satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness, that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. Make us glad according to the days that you have afflicted us. 
after the years we have seen evil, and we've seen some evil, let your work appear before your servants. We want to see God's kingdom here, right? And your majesty to their children. Let the favor of the Lord, our God, be upon us and confirm for us the work of our hands. We want our work to be meaningful. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. Um, So I, I think that that that's kind of the thrust of this film is like, you see this thing happening, but it's like, it, there's meaning, there's context and what we're doing here. It does matter. Yeah. I remember, um, <clears throat> I told yesterday, dad. So when I told that story about the guys that came and then left, I said that you had started to surround yourself with the new set of friends with now brothers. Yep. And so I mentioned a few of them and, and most all of them have, you know, gone to the other side to wait on us. Uh, Corbett Gilbert, you know, and big boy Jennings. And I thought about Doyle. He got, uh, had a brain tumor and he's probably in his sixties maybe when yep. he, when he got it. And, um, so it began to affect him cause it was tapping into parts of his brain. So he'd be like super emotional. He, could, he couldn't hardly keep from crying. And, but I remember when I went and visited him in the hospital, just show you the difference about when a believer gets to that point. Cause he knew he was dying and he kept, quoting this psalm that certain number of days and he had written out this whole thing a certain number of days and he was he kept saying you know i mean of course i would love to spend more time because you know wife my kids and all that he said but god gave me a certain number of days and (laughs) i served him and i loved him and so how could i say now at the end that this is not exactly what god wanted for me and i just thought man for a guy that's That's you know dying with a brain tumor i mean that's a pretty good take on being a son of the Almighty, he watches. He watches film, and he he got my granny and Paul, your parents, they're gone. Yep. My mom, one of the characters, she's gone. She's she, they're gone from here. Yeah. You got uh, Big Al, no longer with us. Yep. You got Bill Smith, no longer with us. Judy. Judy, no longer with us. I said, there's a pattern here. You know, yep. there's a pattern, but I think that that I, 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 I'm pushing back for in a weird way when I could, and I think this is the kingdom life and the spirit living in us that teaches us that, that for me, when I, when I count my days and I consider my mortality, I mean, yeah, it stings a little bit, but it also testifies that there has got to be more. Yeah. yeah. It's got to where now, every time I wake up in the morning, I'm like, Whoa, I'm, I'm shocked that I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> with the movie coming and everybody else has passed on but me and they're going to do a story. I said, I'm next. <laughs> well, you know, there were, there were seven. No, get in line. <laughs> there, were, there were seven siblings. I, I have said the, the older I get and the more I realize how, how temporary life is, James, you know, said it's just like a little mist. Yep. comes up and gone. Vapor. Yeah. I'm looking at that. I'm like, man. And to to actually see a movie about yourself when you were a boy, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, right? Because it's, it's stretched out over such a long time. It all happened so fast. Yeah, and I thought about uh, Bill Smith, who's obviously there's an actor that plays him in the movie, and you told me you spent a lot of time with him because you really wanted that to be right. Because I mean, Bill, I mean, your mom getting Bill to then ultimately have the opportunity to share Jesus with dad was such a pivotal point, not just in the story, but obviously all of our lives. Oh yeah. And the fact that he would later be our mentor and, you know, we just, I was, we were able to sit at his feet for many years and learn and also 
you know, I worked alongside him for 20, 22 years. So, I mean, I, that's the kind of stuff that excites me. You, you probably went on, on your computer and when we got into Hebrews and probably printed off Bill Smith's Hebrew notes. I was I, When we started Hebrews, I was like, man, I got to find that notebook. That's right. Because <laughs> Bill taught us the book of Hebrews. Yeah, right? yeah. I have a lot of his stuff. He, he, he allowed me to have access to all of his notes and stuff once he was gone, and I really appreciate that. I mean, because I do. I mean, he taught me. And and the notes you're right. The notes we're doing here, I taught a Sunday morning 25 years ago. So I mean, you know, that's how long back we go with this study. But yeah, I'm excited about it, Zach. I'm, and look, Unashamed Nation. I mean, you guys are going to help us make this thing happen or not in terms of you know supporting it and watching it. So I really, you know, word of mouth is what made, has made this podcast so great. And when I was going around Kansas, then I was in New York, then I was in D.C. last week, and I just kept meeting person after person, a lot of young people, but also some older couples and just, we love your pocket. We're listening to the I, I never miss a pocket. I mean, just over and over yeah. and over. So I know our, our nation is growing because of you guys, not only supporting it, but then you're telling other people and that's really how you make something successful. So we will encourage you to do that, especially when we get closer to Oh, no, no question the film. I mean, you, you guys will be the one. So I want to mention um, one other thing before we get back to Hebrews, because we talked about last time the idea of prophecy in those first four verses and, and this idea about who Jesus is. But I want to bounce this off of before we get to the text. This was something I told you I had this thing yesterday in my sermon about cracked pots. You know, that was my takeoff. So I, I, I had three people that in their their time were labeled as crackpots. But it turns out they were brilliant and just ahead of their time, which happens a lot, right? So Galileo was one of them. He said the world didn't revolve around Earth as everybody thought it was, but actually it revolved around the sun. But in his day, they thought he was a kook, and he was even kicked out of the church. Yeah, they called him a heretic. He was a heretic, which we talked about that earlier. Be careful about the heretic. And he was right on target. Let's take a break. The other one <clears throat> I mentioned, and then I said, so we're crackpots. So what we say now is that life doesn't revolve around us, but it revolves around the sun, S-O-N. And therefore, people say, what? You're a kook, right? Yeah, you're crazy. But we're, we're ahead of our time. So uh, Georges LeMay, he was the one, he was a like a some kind of a bishop or something. I forgot his background. But he uh, he's the one that expanded on Einstein's theory and said that the universe is expanding, which meant, of course, there had to be a singularity beginning. And so, and again, in his day, everybody says, cool, crackpot, no way. But it turns out he was exactly right. And so what, what has been called the Big Bang, we say God created the heavens and the earth. He was the bang. Uh, the reason why they call it a Big Bang is because if you is because they're trying to avoid that the universe had a beginning. Because what's ha- what's happened here is uh, um, there's a if you know who Stephen Hawking is who wrote brief brief history of time so he writes this book and he's basically making the case for how Einstein's uh, and, and what this guy you just mentioned along with uh, you know Edmund Hubble who had the Hubble telescope yep so that 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 was the big move right so yeah. when you when this telescope comes out they're they're looking at at, at the planets and they notice that there's a uh, Every time he observes the planets, they become increasingly more red. Well, if you know anything about light waves, if a light wave, if it's come, if a light's coming 
uh, towards you, like the closer a light is, it gets what what, what color? It gets brighter. It gets yeah. it gets whiter. Whiter. Yeah. As it moves away from you, think about like tail lights, or if you see a light that's way off, it kind of has like a reddish glow to it. Because the further, what's happening is the light wave is actually being like it, 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 it's it's not as sharp. The yeah. frequency is not as sharp. It's right. like it's more it's like bent. it's more bent. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's longer, longer right. waves instead of short. Shorter waves equals brighter light. Longer waves equal um, uh, redder. And so they're looking at this and they're like, he said, wait a second. It looks like that the universe is actually these planets are moving away from us. Expanding. It's expanding. <laughs> And which, oh, no big deal, right? Oh, it's a huge deal. <laughs> because if it's if it's expanding, then what that means is if you go back in time, then it's shrinking. If we right. could, if we could hit rewind on the VCR of yeah. our the uh, the recorder of the universe, yep. then it's actually shrinking. And it, and 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 they've shown this mathematically that it shrinks to a point of infinite density to where nothing exists. Yep. And then also so what so then what Stephen Hawking as he's put this in his book, he gives this whole case for it, and I. I think I know what pages is on, which is crazy. I think it's on page fifty nine. But he said, he says, he said, uh, he called it the standard model of physics. He said that this, if the standard model of physics is correct, I forget how he actually says it, but it's something like this. He says it smacks of divine intervention. <laughs> he said, in other words, there must be a god. And he said, but he's like he was an atheist. He, right? he died an atheist. Yeah. And he said, therefore, this is the line you got to keep in mind. He said, therefore, the goal of modern physics is to disprove what we've already proven, because <laughs> we know God can't exist. Right. I mean, that's something. It's something. But you think about the universe itself had a beginning, and, and and not only does it have a beginning, the standard model of physics, what it what it tells us is that it, it began to exist out of nothing, ex nihilo, out of nothing. So. It's hard for us to imagine nothing, but nothing exists, nothing, not even like empty space, like nothing exists. Right. And then in a moment, everything exists. Yep. And they're like, Where? I've never heard anything like that. Well, you go to Genesis chapter one, it, and it says in the beginning was the, uh, uh, it says, uh, uh, what, no, Genesis chapter God created the created heavens, heavens and the earth. Yeah. So the word create there is, comes from a Hebrew, Hebrew word. Uh, the Hebrew word is, is Bachra. Which I, I, you said kind of the back of your throat. It's B A R A. So what is that word? That, that that word in Hebrew. It's very. It's not used much in Scripture, but right. it, it means create. Not just create, because I can create this table, but this table is made out of wood. The the, the word in Hebrew uh, in uh, Genesis one, the word for create means to create out of nothing. It's what he's saying there is there was nothing, and then God made something. God creates out. Of nothing. So in 19, I think 56, the Catholic Church, uh, and, and this is another thing. You have that, to have something or you don't get something. Exactly. You, 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 so if, nothing if can. If there was nothing, how does nothing explode and all of a sudden you see all this matter? You say, had to be something before that. So we're t so what we're being told is is that we're idiots because we believe that that, that something came from something instead of something came from nothing. That's right. right. I said, "Now you you you, you idiots that you don't understand that something comes from nothing." We're like, that, uh, "That doesn't make any sense." <laughs> That's right. And they're like, "Oh, you're just not smart enough." No, no, no. It it's it's an it's an impossibility, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so it's like the the nothing can't explode. It's in Romans one. It's God they, the creation. Is God has revealed Himself through right. creation. These are things that you can take an astrophysicist like like uh, like uh, like our like um, Ross Hugh Ross. Not Hugh Ross. I was thinking um, uh, the one I was just talking about. Uh, 
Oh, Hawking. Hawking. Or you can take some redneck down here on the river, and we're all going to come to the same conclusion. Mm-hmm. If if this thing just happened out of nothing, it smacks of divine intervention. Yeah. A- anybody. You don't have to have any intelligence to understand that 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 something must come from something. And what the, the biblical account is, is that something comes from someone. Well, and what I love about Hawking was it, at least... In, in his belief system, and let's face it, atheism is its own belief system. It's it's its own religion, really. It's like some of this stuff on the left now. It's It becomes a religion. And he's saying, my belief system won't allow me to embrace a God, but everything I know as an astrophysicist seems to point that there's something. Yeah, and, 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 and we're talking about kind of the bigness of it all, you know, looking at the expanding universe, but even when you shrink it down and you say, let's look at the finite mm-hmm. information and so, or the, the, uh, the not finite, the, the minute information that the small, the smallness of what's inside your cells, yeah. your DNA. And what all's happening there? And you see the information in there. It's <laughs> like, well, I heard this guy speak this week, uh, Dr. Rice, and he said, you know, you walk on the beach and you see your name written on the beach in, in the sand. You're not going to say, look what the waves did. Wow. <laughs> You're going to say, somebody wrote that. Why? Because there's information there. That's right. And so when there's information, so even the big and the small gods in it all, and we, we say, well, what's, that, what's this got to do with Hebrews? Because I was just asking myself that question. <laughs> I, looked, I looked down and said, I, I remember this verse right here. The, actually, the, the, actually, it has a lot to do with It has with a lot it. to do with Hebrews. You know, it? the first thing out of the Hebrew writer's mouth was the, you know, in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, that Jesus. So Jesus is put into play. Then he starts talking about the angelic beings. So before you read uh, Al, the, the angelic beings, right. go back to the birth of Jesus. Hang, hang on before you read that. Let's take our last break. All right. There were shepherds living out in the field. This is just prior to the birth of Jesus. Keeping watch over their flocks at night. Uh, Enter the angels. Watch this. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. Because Jesus was, was made a little lower than the angels. Watch. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. It scared the daylights out of them. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of joy, of great joy, that there will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Now these are angels giving the information of what's going down. Mm. He is Christ the Lord, the Messiah. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, because you're, you're just fixing to read about the difference between Jesus and the angelic beings. Suddenly, and, and, and the atheists of the world would scoff at what I'm reading here. Sud- but, but I read it and say, huh. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. You're like, there's a lot of beings running around out there that we, you can't see them. He's going to get over, as you go through Hebrews, he said, some of them are, are just for you to help you out. They're there all the time. It's a, it's a bunch of them. Uh, a heavenly host, 
appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. This is Hebrews 1. And on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I mean, you just put that, when it happened, when you, when you read the book of Hebrews, you say, the angels were there, oh, yeah. but, 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 but Jesus wasn't. And Jesus is bigger than the angels will ever be. Right. So the comparison, he made his birth a mighty throng of these beings, which is kind of scary to think about. <clears throat> well, you know, scared the daylights out of them, much for sure. Well, every encounter was always like that. It's it's not like kind of how it's imagined now in the, in modern times. It was a frightening. I think we kind of overlooked the fact of what went down there. But you've got you've got the cosmos full of these angelic beings, and they are appearing by the no many no telling how many thousands of them singing. Praises to God, and it's all about Jesus. It was a big thing. Well, and what, an observation I made. God becoming flesh. It was a big one. Well, right. And I made an observation just from looking through the scriptures. Not only was it his birth. You remember when he was tempted in the desert? Yeah. Who came to him to minister to him after he went through that with Satan? An angel. Then when he was when he was getting ready to uh, be crucified, I mean, he was in the garden. He was... Uh, Angels came to minister to it. You got a pecking order that's unfolding. Hebrews 1 14, it doesn't take him long. By the way, he talks about the cosmos and what's going to happen to it. God created these. You say, what, What's going to happen? It's going to wear out and be gone in a, in a roar. Gone. Peter talked about it. But here, these people running around now saying they're going to save the planet. Not hardly. <laughs> they better get their eyes on Jesus so not- they can be saved because the planet. It's fixing to go. It's not going to be up. To and us. all the in the middle of all that, not all, are not all angels, all of them, ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. Yeah. They're there on our behalf. That's exactly right. Some let, of the things happen weird. You know, you don't know what's going on. Let me read I, I this. I think we 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 we. Uh, I want to read this whole section, Dad, and then we'll because we're running out of time, and we can talk about more in the overtime. So it starts in verse four. Remember, we, we set the whole thing that Christ is superior over prophecy. And then it gets to verse four and it says, so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So even, even now over the angels. Yep. For to which of the angels did God ever say, and now he's going to have this, all these quotes are Old Testament prophecies. You are my son. Today I become your father. That's one from Psalm. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, Verse six, when God brings his firstborn into the world, God in flesh, yep. he says, let all God's angels worship him. Which That's is my what, point. Which is what you just read. In speaking of the angels, he says he makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. Which you would think you need to bow down to him because of that, but you got a bigger one on the premises than them. Exactly. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions yep. by anointing you with the oil of joy. That's another psalm quote. So, Jack, you were talking about the psalms. This is all about Jesus. 
He also says, verse 10, In the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like garment. You will roll them up like a robe, and like a garment they will be changed. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. By the way, that was the Psalm 102. That was written thousands of years ago. Yeah. How did how did they know? How did the psalmist know all that? Yeah. I mean, how, how did they know? We're way ahead of... And, and, and to give a little context to what we're doing here, because now we're... Or not us, but but the Hebrew writers make them the claim of Christ. And as Phil was talking about the fierce um, and the and the and the fear the fear that you would feel if you if you actually encountered an angel, you'd be like, uh, these are pretty spectacular, pretty spectacular beings. But, People usually fell out, and it said they became frozen and terrified in fear. <laughs> That's when the yeah the, the encounters they were having in the scriptures that it was that oh, kind of stuff. Oh, it scared them. So one of the main said, calm down. Yeah, yeah it's easy. So, so, so you think, so we, what we're trying to do here, if you're listening, is we're trying to, to elevate your your view of angels, right? Um, but then in, ver, in Psalms 8, uh, this is what this is what the psalmist says. He talks about the majesty and the splendor of the Lord, but then he, he, he switches and he kind of moves into the incarnation of the son that's coming. He says, and the son of man, who, what is man, verse uh, 4, that you thought of him? What is man that you that you thought that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? This, this is verse five. Yet you have made him low, a little lower than God, and crowned him with glory. One translation says a little lower than the angels, and in, and in Hebrews two it says you've made him lower than the angels. And so I think about this: this Jesus was made lower when he became; he was made lower than the angels. What does that even mean? And now he's being exalted above not just the angels. I mean, he's being exalted above all things, all things, everything. And remember, the 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 key to it is because he was already there as God. But when he became a human being, he said about himself, he lowered himself because he constricted an eternal God into a human body. Plus, anybody watching yeah. would say, this is never going to work. Right. <laughs> Nobody mean, would ever think this would be the way to save yeah. mankind, which yeah, is why right. it was such a rope-a-dope on Satan. That's he never right. saw it coming. And you know he had to wonder, why is, why is he becoming one of them? Because he's been down here messing with humans. That's not going to save the world. From the beginning. So it was, it was, a, it was a divine rope-a-dope to save mankind, which is really powerful. So I, I just thought that was really good. So we read this whole section. Let me read the last two verses, and then we get to overtime, and we'll talk a little bit more about angels. Uh, to which of the angels, verse 13, did God ever say, here's another song quote, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. In other words, the answer, the rhetorical answer to all those questions is none. The angels are powerful. They're, they're living in another realm but they're, they're, they can't save sin. Now, real quick before we cut out too, is Colossians two, which we which we went into a few weeks ago. You remember what the, what their sin was? One of their sins was they were they were worshiping, worshiping angels. angels. That's they, right. They, so so we're, we want to lift up angels, but only only because we want to tell you Jesus is better. That's right. Yeah. That's that's what, the, what they did, and the and Paul was getting on to them for in Colossians is you're taking these ministering spirits, these things of God that are meant to point to Him. 
and you're worshiping those things instead of the one who they're who they're pointing you to. And so we'll uh, in the overtime we're going to get to some of the why of that, Zach, especially in ancient times, why that would happen, and and I think still does even today. So uh, we'll if you want to go check out overtime, blazedtv.com/unashamed is where you go to sign up, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.